Another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth and a number one show on the number one issue of facing the United States of America right now. According to every poll, Americans are terrified of inflation and they're feeling the impact of inflation, which is very, very real. Whenever you go to get gas, whenever you go to get groceries, whenever you try to do your planning for your own family. Where does it go from now? Uh, people are making comparisons to the Carter administration, which went down in flames. I don't mean that literally. That's a talking about the politics of the Carter administration. But you could say some of those flaming crashed helicopters in the desert when he had tried to uh, free the hostages in Iran. That didn't work. But uh, inflation during the Carter era was double double what it is right now is uh, the reduction of inflation something we can look forward to in the next few months some people are saying so many people are saying no way not a chance uh, so Steve Forbes knows what he's talking about he wrote the book on inflation his um, new book it's a massive bestseller is called inflation what it is why it's bad and how to fix it uh, uh, Steve, it's great to talk to you again. Uh, the market had a terrible day today. Is that good news on the inflation front? Uh, no, and I think what the markets fear is that the Federal Reserve, the only way they know how to fight inflation is by what they call suppressing demand, uh, having the economy slow down. And uh, hopefully they hope it won't be too bad a recession but they feel people are buying too many things, and the only way they think you lower prices is not by producing more things so people have more to buy so the prices don't have to go up. They think you do it by making and unable for people to buy things. So they want more unemployment. They aren't that bold in saying it, but they do want to slow down, and that's what they talk about, cooling inflation, cooling demand. It's bad stuff. You don't uh, fight inflation by making people poor. 1-800-955-1776 uh, is our phone number. 1776 is our phone number. We're speaking with Steve Forbes, who is chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes Media and co-author of the new book, uh, Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. Uh, so that's not... You, what you believe would be an effective way to lower uh, the rate of inflation. Uh, Powell said well, it, would, it, would, it would lower the rate, but it would do it for the wrong reasons. You know, when, when you have going out of business sales, prices are cut, but that's not good. <laughs> no. Uh, Powell today was, uh, I thought, surprisingly optimistic. He suggested that by the end of the year, we could be back down to the range of 5% inflation. Is that even possible? Well, just think of what it was a year ago when he was talking about, oh, we're still striving to get 2% inflation. When uh, Biden took office, it was around one and a half. So if, if a year ago you'd asked them, oh, can you get it down to five? The answer would have been, well, it's below five now. What are you talking about? So this man and his institution have been behind the curve from the beginning. And uh, uh, what I fear is that if, we, if inflation of the way they measure it goes down to five, it's because the economy is contracting. And again, that's not the way to do it. Uh, if, if what they should be focused on 
entirely is a stable value for the dollar and starting to really get rid of a lot of the bloat in their bond portfolio. You know, the Fed owns almost $9 trillion at T, $9 trillion. No institution in the world has that much uh, bonds. And so what they should be doing is uh, selling those bonds and letting uh, that, that capital flow into the productive economy rather than sitting on it at the Fed. So uh, they're, they're doing the wrong things, Michael. And they did right things in the past from the mid-'80s to the mid-'90s. Uh, they looked at things like the gold price, commodity prices, and uh, that was called the uh, Great Moderation. And unfortunately, Greenspan, the chairman at the time, lost sight of the metrics that he was using so effectively. And uh, we got the crisis in 2000 and then in 2008. But uh, the Fed's done it sort of right in the past. But what they're doing now is just going to make trouble. And then we get to the next big thing is once uh, the economy uh, goes into bad territory, is the Fed going to panic and uh, be under pressure to print more money again? It's bad stuff. Okay, it is bad stuff, and we, as a, as a nation, as individuals, and certainly as Republicans, uh, we want better stuff. Uh, I, I know you believe, as I do, that it's, uh, at one point, the Republican leaders who have a great chance of taking over both the House and the Senate in the upcoming elections yes. uh, should be talking about a constructive, positive, uh, hope-giving uh, series of changes that might actually help Americans where we live and how we live. Uh, what should be step one in a step toward recovery? And meaning something that you could actually do while Joe Biden continues to sit in the White House. Well, in terms of uh, sitting in the White House, I think one of the things going to happen when they uh, get a thrashing in November, it's one thing to look at it in the abstract, but when you actually get walloped the way I think they will get walloped, it uh, focuses people's minds wonderfully. Uh, and uh, so I think what's going to happen after November, there's going to be a lot of pressure from uh, the Democratic Party to on, on the White House to make substantive changes. Uh, they all none of them want to have to pursue other uh, job opportunities after 2024. So uh, I think we'll start to get some change. What can the Republicans do? One thing they can do is pass bills. Maybe Biden will uh, veto them, but uh, pass bills opening up federal lands and, and leases which this administration has been dragging its feet on, passing tax cuts if, as, uh, with the economy in trouble. Is Biden going to veto tax cuts? We'll see. And uh, and uh, then hold hearings when we get these crazy regulations, like the SEC now is about to put in massive regulations on how companies run in the name of climate change. What the heck does the SEC know about climate change? It's bad enough that uh, so-called experts don't seem to know much about it when it comes to policy. And so the SEC is going to be gumming up the works. So the Republicans can put obstacles there to stop that kind of bad stuff and highlight the positive things. That is increasing output, growing the economy so people have more things to buy. And therefore, we have more stable prices. Hello. What, what don't they get? We've, we've done it before. Now, you've, you've come around on some economic points. I, I, you are more positive toward the gold standard than you 
uh, were formerly. Is that would that be accurate? Well, I've always been for a gold standard. Uh, maybe I've been more vocal about it now, but uh, you don't uh, politically. It's 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 just not going to, given the state of the economic profession, it's not going to uh, be feasible right now. But you can do what uh, Alan Greenspan, the head of the Federal Reserve back in the 80s and 90s, did, which was sort of a, a semi-gold standard. He said publicly at the time, everyone forgets it today, but he, including the Federal Reserve, he said at the time he follows the price of gold because he thinks it's a pretty good indicator of whether you're doing things right or wrong on the monetary front. He looked at commodity prices and the like. So it was sort of, you might call it a, a half-baked, uh, semi, whatever you want to call it, but he had a metric that he was using. These guys, all they know how to do is uh, either rev things up by printing money or suppressing the economy by making things more expensive, by making uh, the cost of money more expensive and uh, creating unemployment. Okay, we are gonna, we're uh, going to be right back with uh, more from Steve Forbes, the author of the very important and best-selling new book, Inflation. Uh, what it is, why it's bad, and how to fix it. More on how to fix it and the chances. Coming up on the Medved Show. Michael Medved. Keep going. Don't ever stop. The Michael Medved Show. the Michael Medved Show. My great honor to be speaking to a great friend of this show, Steve Forbes, who is the editor-in-chief and the chairman of Forbes Media, but most relevant to our conversation of the moment, he is the co-author of Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. And, uh, uh, Steve, again, people can learn so much from uh, taking a look at, at your book. And uh, it, it seems that right now, the in desperation at least, uh, wouldn't you expect some of the Democrats who were, as you said, the, it's Dr. Johnson said that the gallows doth wonderfully concentrate the mind. And uh, Democrats are facing some gallows, and I'm not now talking about the hang Mike Pence gallows at, uh, on, on January 6th. The American people are focused on more immediate concerns, I think, to a great extent. Uh, President Biden has written some really tough letters to oil companies. Is that the right approach to get the, getting the price of gas down? Uh, no, it uh, goes hand in hand with what we discuss in the book, that when you get an inflation like this, is that the government, which is responsible for it, looks for scapegoats. Uh, I think I've mentioned in Roman times, they blame it on Christians, medieval time witches. So they're always looking for scapegoats. And so going after the oil companies, the drug companies, the meat packers, the chicken producers, uh, the railroads, uh, truckers, shipping companies, whatever's out there, they're going to make a target. And the danger is that they're going to follow through on this with uh, price controls. But uh, I think it was uh, an oil company, Exxon, uh, came out, or somebody released uh, figures about Exxon, that in the past five years they've invested over $50 billion, more than ever, in uh, uh, exploration in the United States and elsewhere, uh, trying to produce more. For a couple of years, the company and a lot of other oil companies lost money when oil 
prices collapsed a few years ago. So uh, the, the, the charges don't stick. And I remember the 1970s when we had a wild inflation and oil went from $3 a barrel, peaking at almost 40 before it was over. And uh, again, it was the evil oil companies and this, that, and the other thing. So, uh, yes, it's scapegoating, finger-pointing, but it doesn't get to the real problem, and that is government. In this case, the administration putting barriers up in the way of commerce and uh, the Federal Reserve uh, gumming up on uh, money policy, first creating too much of it and now raising the cost of money, especially mortgages, which are going to hit homeowners when those adjustable mortgage rates start to go up catastrophically later this year. Which, uh, again, is, uh, I mean, that's already baked in. Uh, that's a, a given, right? I, and the president's yes. going to Saudi Arabia, and uh, he's going to the Middle East. He's going to meet with Israelis and Palestinian leaders and, and the Saudis. Uh, there is talk that one of the things he might be able to do would get the Saudis to increase production to help bring down the cost of gas at the pump uh, just a little bit. Is that is that worth pursuing, or are you one of those well, folks? It, 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 it begs the question. First, OPEC does not have much spare capacity, unlike the past where they always could uh, rev things up uh, meaningfully. They don't have much slack this time. There is an energy shortage around the world because of what's happening in the world. So what this administration has done here at home in suppressing oil production, we could be producing, if they hadn't put the barriers in the way, two to three million more barrels a day. That would have provided immense relief. So you have a natural gas shortage. Uh, you have uh, OPEC not having much uh, spare capacity. And so as uh, one uh, as, uh, uh, Laurel, uh, as Hardy used to say to Laurel, that great comedic team, people should look them up, Laurel and Hardy, uh, Hardy would say to Laurel, this is a fine mess you've got us into. And that applies to what the White House has done on the energy front and still doing. I mean, what, why is Saudi oil more sacred than American oil? <laughs> and the question about uh, American oil would be, uh, John Kerry says that we can't do anything that might actually increase consumption of fossil fuel, and which means that uh, John Kerry, who is our climate change czar, uh, seems to suggest that the price of uh, a gas at over $5 a gallon is a good thing for the country long term, to which you well, say? that's right, and, and, and it's so perverse. First of all, alternative energy sources can't even come close when you actually look at the numbers of what it takes to uh, produce energy from these sources. The physics just aren't there to do it. And so every major advance in standard of living in the last 200 years has involved an immense increase in the use of energy, whether it was industrialization, railroads, cars. The Internet today is a huge and growing user of energy. Uh, the cloud, huge and growing user of energy. So if we want a higher standard of living, we have to follow the path of the past, more energy at less real cost. This administration has taken us the opposite direction, less energy, more expensive, and that is a catastrophe for the future, going backwards instead of forwards. Let me ask you a quick question where I have been unable to figure it out, and maybe you have, which is Elon Musk, who is, uh, I mean, basically people know that his world-topping fortune 
is largely based on the tremendous success he's had with Tesla and uh, investing a great deal of money on the future of uh, electric vehicles. Uh, why would he be turning uh, uh, to not only Republicans, but Texas Republicans. He said he voted for the first time ever for a Republican for Mayra Flores, who just won the congressional race in Texas. And she is a pro-oil, a pro-fossil fuel uh, advocate from uh, South Texas. What's the deal? Well, I think the deal is it's uh, not either or. And uh, uh, Tesla makes a great car, uh, better than uh, what's amazing about Tesla, what Musk did there, is he turned out a better electric vehicle than American automakers, Japanese, Korean, Chinese, German automakers. He beat them at their own game in that space. But you, uh, the auto industry has always been segmented. So you can have a space for electric vehicles, but they're not going to replace a uh, combustion engine, internal combustion engine. You're going to have both. And uh, he, he, he will tell you, he, he doesn't want subsidies anymore. So you're going to have a certain segment of the market. But California, which now wants to ban the sale of gasoline using cars in a few years, is preposterous. Again, you can have both, but let people decide what they want instead of forcing people, which is what this administration is all about. Force rather than relying on people's choice. What a concept. In California, they don't have to worry because they'll have that high-speed rail built, I'm sure, by the beginning of the 22nd century. And so everybody will be able to get from Bakersfield to Merced in record time. Uh, Steve Forbes, in record time, check out his book, Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. It's always a pleasure and always worthwhile speaking uh, to you, sir. When we come back... Uh, a Democrat, leading Democrat, mocks Joe Biden. Who, why? We'll get to it on The Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. That is plain and simply outrageous. I'm listening to everything you say. One of the things we can say is that, uh, look, when late night comedians uh, start turning on a Democratic president, they actually started a while before just now with Joe Biden. But it's particularly notable at, at, uh, at this point in the ongoing collapse of the Biden administration. Uh, the president is looking for good news. I mean, who knows? Maybe he will provoke some good news in the Middle East. This at a time when there is a, a brand new piece uh, in the Hill magazine, Hill website, called uh, Israel and Iran, Five Minutes to Armageddon. Uh, that's... Uh, a piece we're not going to take up within five minutes, but we will take it up tomorrow. Uh, there's also this, uh, Stephen Colbert can be very funny. And uh, first, he's funny on the issue of a president who seems to be badly out of touch. And no, it's not attacking President Trump this time. It's a Colbert making fun of uh, President Biden. Listen, clip 17A. 
In Philadelphia, President Biden stayed positive. There's so much at stake, but the truth is, I've never been more optimistic about America than I am today. I really mean it. I really mean it. America's never been better. They're selling ice all year round now. You want taffy, you don't even have to pull it yourself. And the Brooklyn Dodgers finally took home the pennant. The year is what now? Oh, boy, that's a lot of twos. Ah, you got to be joking me, right? You're joshing me. You're giving me the business. That reminds me, got to watch tonight's Leave it to Beaver. Uh, and uh, actually, he's going all the way back to the 50s. 50s were a time of great prosperity and social mobility and building the interstate highway. And it was a Republican president, by the way, named Eisenhower who won two landslides. Uh, and then uh, Colbert goes on to uh, mock Biden about his approach to uh, the price of gas. Uh, this is 17B. Most Americans are not feeling as sunny as Joe. One reason the national gas price average is now over $5 a gallon. Biden has heard America's concerns as putting major pressure on big oil. This morning, he sent a letter to the companies. <laughs> Mr. President, um, I think we're past the pen pal stage. Um, when your house is burning, you don't sit down and write, Dear candle I left unattended. How dare you? This betrayal will not be forgotten. Sincerely, oh God, scream, scream, help, help. I am on fire. The, um, again, a fairly apt and uh, very much to the point. Uh, not so much to the point, uh, Nancy Pelosi, every Thursday she does a press conference, and uh, I don't think she was asked about her recent appearance on RuPaul's Drag Race, where uh, she was comparing styles of clapping hands with various drag queens, and she actually made the statement that uh, drag queens... A stand up for what's best in America. No, she said it. But uh, what she said at her press conference was uh, relevant to uh, one of our greatest current challenges that we're only just now coming to terms with finally. This is clip 15. Constraints that COVID has played. Look, we have the war in Iraq, we have COVID. Okay. Constraints of COVID, of war in Iraq. War in Iraq was pretty much before COVID, really. Uh, and uh, then there are <laughs> uh, the the optimism, I guess you could call it optimism, of Joy Behar and the other uh, intellectual giants on the View. Uh, they don't see that the Democrats might be in trouble. This is clip 16. So, but here's what I would warn. The red wave is coming. Republicans are going to win the midterms short of something unforeseen that I cannot predict, predict now. Well, you don't know so that. You don't know it's, that. All the polling is suggesting that. It's the high gas prices, inflation, and I'm hoping... Let's wait, wait, wait and see what the people... Let's wait and see what the people voted. And you, I understand what you're saying, but let's let people... Let's remind people it's up to them to make this decision, but in your... Yeah. Yes, no, okay. exactly. exactly. Okay. It's up to the voters. Okay, let's remind them it's up to the voters to make this decision. And good. Let's. Well, we just reminded people again. It's up to the voters. By the way, I, I hope everybody who's listening to me, I, I, I think it's terrific that people should vote in great numbers. 
and come out to vote. That's one uh, one thing you can give credit to for the Trump administration is uh, they produced uh, a gigantic turnout of voters. Now, it's true, the majority of that gigantic turnout voted against him, but it's more people participating in politics, which uh, whichever side you might want to be on is, is probably something worth celebrating. Now, will that mean that uh, there'll be celebrations everywhere in Colorado when uh, the one and only Representative Lauren Boebert, uh, the uh, gun tack, uh, packing one-time uh, bar and grill operator in Colorado, uh, when she is uh, returned to the Congress of the United States, as is widely expected. She should be in a safe district. But she has... Um, uh, for some reason, and I, I'm not even sure what the context was where she had this to offer, but uh, she decided this was a great time for Jesus jokes. No, no, really, this is uh, Congresswoman uh, Boebert, clip 14. On Twitter, a lot of the, <laughs> the little Twitter trolls, they like to say, Oh, Jesus didn't need an AR-15. How, how many AR-15s do you think Jesus would have had? Well, he didn't have enough to keep his government from killing him. So... Um, that, uh, that was actually the uh, congresswoman. And uh, uh, then there is um, also this in uh, the midst of a worldwide controversy over a less than two-second segment of uh, the new film, which we're going to be reviewing its entirety tomorrow, the new film Lightyear, that film is being banned because, uh, and in mostly Muslim nations, so far entirely in Muslim nations, though who knows what the reaction of the rest of the world will be, it's a um, a kiss between two women, and it's not even an important plot point. But uh, going back to yesterday, President Biden signed a bill which aims to expand access to gender-affirming surgery and to advance LGBTQ uh, inclusive learning environments at American schools. Uh, now, gender-affirming surgery is very expensive, and, well, here's what the president had to say. This is clip 13. Advancing equality for liberation, gay, or excuse me, for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex individuals. That's what I'm about to sign. Uh, advancing equality for liberation, gay? For, excuse me, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex individuals. That's what I'm about to sign. And does this mean taxpayer money uh, made available or Medicare money for older trans people? And uh, again, has this uh, train already left the station at a time when they're even people who are not conservatives and never been defined as conservatives, people like uh, uh, J.R. Rowling, the author of the creator of Harry Potter, who speaks out against some of the 
problems of relying so heavily on gender surgery for the LGBTQ agenda. Uh, we will get to the same-sex kiss in Lightyear, the new Disney film, and more coming up on The Medved Show. dose of debate you're trying to stir up some controversy the michael medved show and on the uh, michael medved show from the world of sports uh, there's this the george washington university sports teams will no longer be known as the colonials the school said in an announcement yesterday that the board of trustees and a special committee uh determined the name Colonials can no longer serve its purpose as a name that unifies. The school said the process to change the name began back in 2019, adding that the uh, special committee found that the Colonials moniker does not adequately match the values of GW and can no longer serve its purpose as a name that unifies the community. Additionally, the uh, committee said that when the nickname was adopted in 1926, those who chose it lacked thoughtful university-wide consideration. The committee outlined why those who favored the nickname supported it, saying it was a term for those who lived in the American colonies before the U.S. became independent and for those who fought for independence. Yes, I, I mean, this is basic. George Washington's greatest service to his country, aside from presiding over as president of the Constitutional Convention, launching the Constitution, was winning our independence in the first place, where the British referred to the American troops as the colonials. I mean, at, at least they could have preserved the term continentals. I know that because colonialism is now considered such an evil and wicked uh, uh, heritage that you can't use that term. The uh, committee said that those who opposed the term colonials back in 1926, colonials means colonizers who stole land and resources from indigenous groups, killed or exiled native peoples, and introduced slavery into the colonies. The committee said George Washington firmly rejected the term colonial, and the term itself was not used during the 1607-1776 colonial era, and it did not become popular until the colonial revival during the late 19th and 20th centuries. Um, the board recognizes the significance of changing the university moniker, and we made this decision only after a thoughtful and deliberate process that uh, followed the renaming framework and a uh, special committee recommendation that considered the varying perspectives of our students, faculty, staff, alumni, and athletics communities. A uh, moniker must unify our community. So what is the name? What's the new name? Oh, a new nickname will be unveiled before the start of the <laughs> 2023 so they'll they'll come up with something really meaningful like the Guardians. Isn't that it? The Cleveland Guardians have replaced the Cleveland Indians. And it's the Washington Commanders. 
uh, I mean, honest goodness. Um, it, I, look, I, I understand that uh, when, when people have things that evoke the Confederacy, uh, there can be, I, I mean, basically having some kind of uh, um, positive connotations for Confederate recollections. There's, there's a brand new new book which is incredible. There's a, a brand new book that is a an encyclopedia uh, of all the Confederate generals. There are 426 people who are Confederate generals. You can read about all of them. It's a gigantic book, and it's endorsed by uh, uh, Professor Kennedy, who's the author of The South Was Right, and uh, a number of other people who are taking a neo-Confederate position, but that's not this George Washington thing. Look, it's just very fortunate that no one has yet attacked the name of the university itself. Um, but could were they call it the George Washington fathers, as in father of our country, the George Washington... Well, you can't use landowners. Um, you can't uh, the generals could be the generals, or is that too much uh, dangerous military association? There's also a different kind of um, political correctness that is laughable and and a little bit horrifying. The president's going to Saudi Arabia, and I don't know if he's going to be speaking to his Saudi hosts about this. I kind of hope that he won't. But the uh, headline in the Washington Post, in Saudi crackdown on LGBTQ expression, rainbow toys aren't safe. The Saudi government is confiscating toys, clothes, and other items bearing rainbow colors. It says evoke the well-known pride flag and promote homosexuality in children. Think about that. It's the latest crackdown by Saudi Arabia and some of its neighbors on objects and forms of art and expression that feature gay characters or is seen as promoting LGBTQ rights, including superhero movies not being shown in Saudi cinemas because they feature same-sex couples and hundreds of kites confiscated in Syria for their many colors. The uh, superhero movie that they're talking about... Um, which I believe they're talking about the new movie Lightyear. I've seen the film, the so-called gay kiss. It's not even a romantic kiss. You have Buzz comes home. The, it, the script does indicate that one of his colleagues, who is a space ranger and heroic, is married to a, another woman. And by the way, the space ranger who Bud is, uh, Buzz is collaborating with is black, and the uh, new wife uh, that shares a life together is happens to be Asian. I don't know if that's um, uh, of concern to anyone either. Our supervisory teams make the rounds of sales outlets and seize and confiscate products that contain symbols and signs that call for aberration and contradict correct nature and impose penalties on facilities in violation. Uh, so the post from the Saudi Commerce Ministry said they posted a video on Twitter that shows its officials going through stores and inspecting toys, backpacks, 
and other items to make sure they didn't have rainbow colors. What did they permit unicorns? I mean, unicorns are not real. They uh, they they do appear to. I mean, if you're going to confiscate toys with rainbow colors, would this only be in stores, or would this be in homes and schools? Probably across the board. Um, there is a great deal going on, and some of it is actually good news. There is a piece in the Wall Street Journal today about the Republican who flipped South Texas. And it says, after winning Tuesday's special election in Texas, Mayra Flores will soon become America's first Mexican-born congresswoman. And by the way, she's a Republican who's married to a Border Patrol agent. What a great American story, plus another piece of evidence that the Democrats won't win the future on demographics alone. The 34th district in South Texas, the Rio Grande Valley, where the GOP has made many inroads. Some news reports say this swath of the Lone Star State hasn't been represented in the House by a Republican since 1870. That was still Reconstruction. Democrat uh, Representative Philemon Vela uh, held the seat for years. He won in two, 2020. The Democrat, by 14 points, Beside, before resigning to join a lobbying firm. Ms. Flores will serve out the rest of this term, and it doesn't sound like she won by triangulating to the center. Quote, Washington liberals are killing the American dream, attacking oil and gas jobs and causing prices to skyrocket, she says in her ads. We must secure our borders and keep our families safe. She describes herself as a pro-life uh, Republican and promises to defend religious liberty. As of the latest results, she won outright with 51% of the vote in a four-way race. Now, this is, uh, was a low turnout, uh, and it's not an indication. This is a district that uh, Joe Biden carried, the district she's going to have to be running in in November to hold the seat after November. She'll be in Congress meanwhile, but she will have the advantages of incumbency, and it's uh, going to be in a new district that... Joe Biden carried last time by uh, 16 points. Is it possible that she overcomes that deficit and wins the seat for a term on her own? I certainly hope so. She is a Republican rising star, and we certainly need more of that. So the very latest, which is causing a great deal of excitement and controversy from the hearings on January 6th, this coming up and more in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth.